morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, and you are listening to Rocket City Lift. Hello all, welcome back to Rocket City Lift. I'm Brett Goodeman. And I'm Tara Bulger come to you three times a week and bring a bit of a spiritual lift to your day. We are excited to jump into the gospel and talk about a passage from Luke. But before we begin that discussion, let us begin with a prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And we ask that you would pour out your spirit upon us, that we may see your presence that we may hear your eternal word and know what you are calling us to do this day. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Our scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. Listen for a word from God. Now he, that is Jesus, was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things he was doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. Brett, Jesus has this confrontation where people are upset about how he was doing his ministry. What do you think that means for us? And how does he respond in that particular instance? Yeah, so this is is actually one of my favorite uh, passages in all of Scripture. uh, Because there's something really profound that Jesus does here. Um, even in within the story and the narrative of the text itself, we don't get the name of this woman. Uh, we, she, uh, she's introduced to us as a woman who has, who with a spirit that has been crippled for 18 years. And, uh, and I love that introduction because, um, you know, that's how she saw herself mm-hmm. and you know, that's how society saw her mm-hmm. and that's all she was. Um, there's a there's a comedian I love who says, you know, if you really want people to know, if you really want to know how the world sees you, listen to the second sentence when they're describing you to a third party. You know, <laughs> right? So it's like, you know, do you know Brett? And they're like, uh, no, I don't really know Brett. And it's like, you know, the guy with the red gla- round glasses, the other white guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know? he will forever be the pastor. The pastor, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Uh, and what Jesus does when he heals her and he's confronted by the people, he gives her a new identity. 
Uh, and the identity isn't even that she has been healed. It isn't that she, the demon is gone. She's a daughter. She is a daughter mm-hmm. uh, of Abraham. She is part of the family of God. Um, and, and that is Jesus's aim uh, in the confrontation with these people. And the, I think the aim of the vast majority of his ministry of, um, you know, it's not to uh, heal the physical deformity. It's to, it's to call her into the family of God. Um, and that causes some ripples. <laughs> but Jesus is confident in that. What, what, what do you think? I keep thinking, so um, I have two daughters. They're 23 months apart. They're teenagers now. But there will be times when they are arguing with each other. And I'll know it's not about what they're arguing about. Hmm. It's usually about they feel like they aren't getting enough time or attention from me. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This is not at all about who heals on the Sabbath. It's not about what day. It's about who Jesus is choosing to heal hmm. and unbind. Hmm. That's what they object to. Yeah. And instead of saying, I don't want this woman in our group, what they say is, it's the wrong day. You shouldn't have done that. And so I love that Jesus really gets to the heart of the matter. Um, he knows it's not about the day either. It's about him allowing this woman to be their sister a sister of, of theirs since she is a daughter of Abraham. Hmm. And I also, I like to remember that there are um, traditions in our faith and there are things that we value, but nothing will ever be more important than healing and forgiving people and loosing them from their sins. Mm-hmm. Loosing in the Greek is why I say it that way. <laughs> um, so I, I just... I don't know. I I, um, I feel like that mom who's like, that's not really what this is about, right? You're really upset that this woman gets a, to have a part of the grace. Yeah. And you wanted it all for yourself. And Jesus does break a cultural normative. Uh, and, and and he does that um, to, to call this woman uh, to healing. And sometimes I think we want to break rules just for the sake of breaking rules. Yeah. Or if you're a rule follower, you just want to follow rules for the sake of following right. rules. Um, but the question that we should be asking is, is you know, are we leading this person? Are we pointing this person towards Jesus' redemptive love? Are we pointing this person uh, back to uh, their true identity of my beloved sibling? Uh, are we pointing this person uh back to to who uh, they truly are as a redeemed human being. Mm -hmm. Um, Because uh, the reality is, you know, because, and especially within the church, because um, uh, it's an institution that uh, I think has been blessed by God, but is still run by humans that sometimes our um, traditions keep people out. I noticed that a lot around children in worship. And, um, and I understand it, right? There's a tradition that children should be quiet in worship and they, because, you know, you want to be reverent and also you want to be able to pay attention to what's going on. And so when children act up, that detracts from that. And so, you know, but my take is that all children should be in the body of of Christ and that, um, to hear them is to hear life. And I cannot conceive of Jesus turning children away from being in worship. And so there's always that tension. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because it's not at this point, 
it's been such a tradition in mainline denominations that it may not even be the way it is in our church, but parents have internalized it, that you can just see their blood pressure rising as yeah. their kids are, you know. Um, and I have I delivered sermons when a kid is screaming and I'm a bit annoyed? Sure. <laughs> but I would rather have that kid in church. Yeah. Yeah. Is it slightly distracting? Uh, 100%. But, uh, you know, we, we, met, we talked about this uh, a few months ago. When we get to exit the sanctuary and walk down and there's a child coloring in, in the center aisle and they have made their home yep. uh, in the church, uh, I don't care how loud they are. Like I that's, love it. that's the most beautiful yeah. picture. And, <laughs> and, you know, we, it's okay to be a little distracted in worship. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, uh, the child screaming can distract you and your own burdens can distract you. Yeah. And, you know, the light coming in blinding you <laughs> at a certain right. point can distract you. Uh, but this one gives life to the church. Yes. Um, Whereas me sitting there thinking about what I'm going to have for lunch. It doesn't give, <laughs> doesn't give as much life. <laughs> Our quote today comes from David Foster Wallace's graduation speech, This is Water. He says, The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and effort and being able truly to care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over in a myriad of petty, little, unsexy ways every day. Mm, Amen. Friends, I hope you'll join us again on Friday. Now may you go out to love and to serve, to be well, to care for yourselves and others, knowing that the grace and love of God is ever upon you. Amen. Amen.